Thanks for checking out The Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. this morning. I, this is one of my favorite movies I get to preach on today, and we're doing this series at the movies. Who are my movie buffs? Come on, do we have any in the house? A few of you? All right. Um, we watched Friday night as a family. I'd never seen it before. Remember the Titans? You ever seen that? It's a great movie, and uh, we, we enjoyed that, and just what a motivational movie, and how really, how like right on is that movie for our culture right now, and what, uh, what we've seen in our media, and, and I just thought, man, this, we need to like play this movie for everybody right now. I just thought it was just a incredible and we're a football family so it was it was wonderful to to do that as a family we're just we love movies and the other thing we love is football in our house and so you'll you'll see that from time to time um i have though another passion which is music i really like uh like rock music i like uh more alternative that's kind of my you know genre of choice i like worship music and one of my favorite bands i'm going to date myself a little bit here they're still around but how many know when a band takes on a new lead singer it just kind of changes the band okay it does and uh, they're still around but they have a new lead singer my favorite band in the day was a band by the name of audio adrenaline oh you haven't heard audio amen you're not even safe no it's it's they're they're a great band one of my favorites and uh i listened to them when i first became a christian in 97 i had their cassette tape oh yeah and i i think we still have it i don't know maybe and uh, we listen to CDs now, and we're still behind the times. We should just have MP3s. Well, here's the deal. With Audio Adrenaline, their lead guitarist, his name is Tyler, and uh, he was their second lead guitarist, and Tyler's actually from Minnesota. And uh, Tyler plays on a worship team at a bigger church uh, in our area. And this was just a few years ago, and I found this story just completely entertaining. He was on a worship team, and so he's playing electric, kind of like Mark was up here playing electric this morning, just jamming out, and Matt, our worship leader, this worship leader is, you know, leading the songs that day. Well, in their church, what they would do is they would do some worship music, a few songs at the beginning like we do, and then after, you know, the church would receive their offering, they would play a, a special music song. And so that day, they decided to do this special music song called Ocean Floor. Anybody ever heard the, the Audio A song, Ocean Floor? Any, a few of you? Okay. Uh, great song. And so... Here's what's really interesting, though. The lead worship leader did not know that Tyler was a part of Audio Adrenaline that day. And so the worship leader said, all right, let, let's practice it. And so before service, they're practicing, and, and Tyler starts playing the riff on the song. And the worship leader stops him and says to Tyler, he says, hey, I, I just need to, you know, time out here. You're kind of playing the riff wrong. And Tyler, Tyler, in all of his decency, musician, he just says, okay, I'll, I'll do it how you want. And, and so he plays how, how the worship leader asked. They're playing through the song, finally gets towards the end of the song. And Tyler says to him, he's like, he's like dude, I, I got to play a card on you here this morning. He says, I'm really, really sorry, but I just want you to know two things. And he says, first of all, I'm the lead guitarist for the band, Audio A, that did that song. And second of all, I did write it. <laughs> he, he wrote the song. And so the worship leader's like, oh my gosh. But there was this, you know, you could have had two musicians going at it, you know. But they said, no, we're going to reconcile our differences. They both, they both forgave and they moved on. It just, was just incredible. But could you just imagine how awkward that would be if you were the worship leader that day? 
That's like, welcome to awkward situations. That's like the worst ever, you know? So what I want to do is I want to paint a picture of this movie, um, and it's based on a true story. We have it up here. It's called End of the Spear. And uh, just to get you caught up if you've never seen it, first of all, who here has seen it? It's not a very popular movie. A few people. Okay, about four of you. Um, it's a story of missionaries, and it's a gentleman by the name of Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott, and I think, do we have a picture, Isaac? I think there's a picture here. Um, this is actually them, okay, in real life. This is not in the movie. And this is a picture of uh, Nate Saint, who's the pilot of the, these missionaries. There's a group of five, and they went down a long time ago, I believe it was in the 50s, down to Ecuador, and they went on this missions journey to this people, the Hirani, who had never been reached for the gospel of Christ. And so they did this incredible mission work. And so the whole movie is about that mission work. Well, in the beginning of the movie, here's what's really interesting, is they're in the plane, and they, they land. They find a place um, right here uh, is on the bank of a river within Ecuador, and they land. And while they're there, the people, the Hirani, come, and they start, you know, interacting together, which is just, it's a miracle in itself. And the Hirani, they, they see these, you know, these missionaries, and there's a language barrier. They don't know each other. And the missionaries are there just to get to know the culture, not to, you know, really throw Jesus at them right away because we've all heard the old adage, nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. And so they're doing that whole thing. And eventually what happens, the Hirani are known for spearing people. They thought these missionaries were a threat. And so what they did is right, just minutes after this picture was actually taken, they were all completely murdered with a spear to their heart, all five of them. And so the movie, the rest of the movie, here's what takes place. And so it's, it starts out like, oh my goodness, what just happened? True story, Jim Elliott dies, uh, Nate Saint dies, the pilot, the other three missionaries with him, they, all five of them are killed right there on the banks of this river in Ecuador. Well, at that time, Nate Saint, the pilot, had a son named Steve Saint. Steve Saint grew up, and 20 years later, he decided to take a risk and he actually flew back into the, the people group in Ecuador, and he was there with them um, as a missionary. In fact, he was actually with them for the rest of the remainder of his life, which was years, and he's still alive today, okay? And so he went down to that people group, and there was some incredible reconciliation that went on. There were some incredible stories, but what these five missionaries did in the beginning before they were, they were killed for their faith is they allowed a groundwork to be established for Steve Saint, the son of the pilot, to actually go back and to start witnessing to this community about Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody were to kill somebody, or, or my, my father or somebody, it would be very hard for me to go, I'm going to forgive and I'm going to actually go spend the rest of my life with that people group. Would that be hard? I think that would be, I mean, that's, that is a miraculous act of God to do something that drastic or that extreme. So what I want to do in just the remainder of our time here is I want to unwrap this movie a little bit, and I want to look at what does it mean to forgive, okay? Um, we've all forgiven. We've all had to forgive. There's times where we haven't forgiven. There's times where I think sometimes the world's definition of forgiveness versus a Christian biblical worldview, they're different at times. And so let's unpack this together. And what I want to do is I want to give you a question to chew on and to think about and uh, I'll give you my answer at the end. You might have a different answer for this question. But here's the question that I want to pose for you. We'll put it up on the screen. Is forgiveness a choice? Think about it. Think about it. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack this. Because I've heard it said before. You know, I've heard people say, there's no way that I can ever forgive them for what they did. 
Or there's no way I could ever forget what they did to me. And before we unpack that, we've got to define what is it that Christianity says forgiveness really is. The world says only forgive if they say they're sorry. How many of you have children under the age of 12? Welcome to forgiveness. For those of you that don't know what I do with my kids, and I did it last night, they were arguing and bickering. I said, start hugging now. Keep going. Keep going. And I made them hug and just sit in a chair until they finally forgive. Eventually, they even forgot about what they're mad about, you know, and they just moved right on. Or the world says, I don't have to forgive because I was wronged. Or, or we say, let me get revenge first, and then I will forgive. There's a phenomenal book on, on grace. We talked about amazing grace. We sung about it. And it's a scholarly book. It's written. It's called Amish Grace. If you want to learn about forgiveness and you want to take your faith deeper in discipling what forgiveness is, read the book Amish Grace. Just a real quick snippet of what that book is about. An Amish family, half of them were actually murdered. And, and then the guy turned the gun on himself. And the Amish family that survived were the first people by two hours' time at the funeral of that man saying, we forgive you. That is forgiveness. That is grace. It was, it was just crazy. And so if you ever, it's a fantastic book. It's written on a scholarly level, so I'm going to warn you now. You're going to be like, what is that word? I've got to look it up. It's crazy, but this, the way it unpacks is just incredible. So what is forgiveness and what is it not from a Christian worldview? That's, that's a little bit of the, the world's view. From a biblical worldview, forgiveness is not retribution and it's not revenge. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 25, verses 21 through 22, it says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. In fact, even in the movie, what happens is the people, the Harani, after you know, they murder these people, they go into their plane, they start plun- you know, taking over, plunging in their plane and, and taking all the plunder for themselves. And they realize that they had guns for safety, but that the white man did not use the gun on the tribe. And they realized they weren't their enemy within minutes after they had done this incredibly horrible act. Okay? They were there with kindness. Okay? They were enemies at that time. And so what happens eventually is incredible. But what happens in our hearts usually can tell if we've forgiven or if we haven't. And uh, if we find in our heart, you know, how would we get even? Or how would we want to get even with that person? Or what would we do if someone did something wrong to me or my family? Well, if we're thinking that, which is normal, we're still operating outside of God's ways. So God wants us to get us back in. I've got to confess to you, man, if something happened to, to my wife or to my kid or to a family member or to one of you, it, Papa Bear's coming out. Like, let's, let's take care of some business, okay? But that's not God's way. And so me as a guy, you know, I have to die to that. And I have to go, okay, God, what is, what is it that you would want to do through me? So forgiveness is not retribution, it's not revenge, but what forgiveness is, it's restitution or reconciliation. Both words are almost interchangeable. In fact, both words, reconciliation, restitution, they mean to make right, to make something right again, to put it back the way it was supposed to be. It's like a puzzle that you got all the pieces that are laying all over the place, and restitution or reconciliation says, I'm going to put a piece back, and then you wait for the other person to come and put a piece back until that puzzle is actually complete. Now, you can't control the other person. You can't make them do something. And, and it's also key to note this, that forgiveness, it's an internal discipline where reconciliation is really the outward process of forgiveness within our hearts. And so one person, they can forgive, 
but it actually takes two to reconcile. However, if you see in this verse, if you see in this verse, um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24, 24, here it says this, Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. You know, we read about the Old Testament laws, and we see over and over they would celebrate their, their new moons or their new Sabbaths, and, and they would celebrate all these festivals, and then God would constantly say to the Israelites, He would say, I don't care about that. He said, I don't care. I'm not going to receive any offering you bring unless you go and forgive and make your heart right. He's more interested about the internal than what we show on the external. That's who God is, what He wants. You know, what do you do when, when you know in your heart you should make something right, but you just don't want to? Well, that's called sin. That's sin. I, I remember as a youth pastor, this, this was crazy. Um, actually, it was at Tony and Barb's church where I was their youth pastor, and uh, um, we, had a, we had a youth retreat. It was my first, I think I was there for three, three months at this church as their youth pastor, so I didn't know anybody yet at all, and we decided to do a youth retreat at a uh, Hyatt Hotel, a nice hotel in the area, with a bunch of teenagers running around crazy. Yeah, that was probably my bad. But we get into the hotel, and the next weekend was Morp. You know what Morp is? Prom backwards where the girl asks the guy. And uh, one of the girls at this retreat, she goes into the room, and, and she wants to ask her boyfriend to Morp. And so she takes a bunch of candles, and, and she sets candles all over the hotel room, and she takes rose petals, Puts them all over. I mean, it was like, I didn't even go for that far out when I asked Heather to marry me. Like, I was like, man, this is, I'm, I don't look good right now, okay? And, and I didn't know this was happening as a leader. I came back later, and, and uh, I heard that she had asked her boyfriend to morph. That's all I heard. Well, like three weeks after this happens, I get a call from the general manager of the Hyatt Hotels in our region. Say, hi, you know, Mr. Chris Vincent. Uh, we just want you to know that uh, we are requesting a bill or a payment on a bill from you for damages caused in excess of $500 to one hotel room. And I was like, oh, snap, go oh, no, you didn't. What? And so I said, well, can you tell me what happened? Well, yeah, there was candle wax, uh, melted all over our carpet, and melted over our executive phones. And then the, the rose petals, they bled into all the sheets, they bled into all the carpet. And so it cost us $500 to fix that. And so we expect payment within the next week, please. And so I called all the, all the youth together, and I said, here's the deal. I said, you're coming into my office now. It was new, and I was mad. I said, look, here's the deal. I said, we just got this. And I said, I'll make a deal with you. I had these little Domino's fundraising cards. And I said, I will even give you fundraising cards to sell. But I divided it out by those that were in that room. And I don't remember the amount. But I said, by Wednesday, you have three days to bring me cash or check for that. And I won't tell your mom and dad. And they were like, okay. <laughs> okay. I think we had, like ex- we had like 700 bucks come in that Wednesday. You know, We added 200 to our youth fund and paid off Hyatt. And here's the best part, though, of this. I said, I don't care about your payment. I said, I don't care about that. I said, what I care about is your heart, and your heart needs to be right. And I said, every single one of you is going to write as long as that you can fit in a thank you card, apologizing and asking forgiveness because you did not demonstrate who Christ was to this community. And they're all looking at me like, who are you? Are you kidding me? I said, yeah. And so we had, and it was everybody. We had like 30 youth. And so I took 30 cards, I put them in a sealed envelope with that check, and I mailed it to the Hyatt reconciliation took place. I received a call back from that general manager a week later and said, hey, we've never seen anything like this. We just want to thank you for doing this and talking to your youth. 
you know, we're, we're, and we, I think we actually sent a gift card to him, apologizing to you on top of what we owed. And he said, we took care of it. It's all good. And he said, we just want you to know we have a, a free night for you and your wife for the way that you took care of the situation and handled it. And he said, actually, we're doing training um, about restitution within our employees. Can we use this as an example from now on in our Hyatt training? Absolutely. So reconciliation can happen, but it's both ways. Here's the deal. Forgiveness is also restoration and return. Forgiveness is simply uh, return on your investment. Okay, If you don't want an investment on forgiveness, then hold on to bitterness because you'll get a return on that as well. Whatever you sow, you will reap. If you want to reap you know, great things, sow forgiveness. If we sow bitterness, what happens is we become bitter. We become the things that we sow. That's the seed that we're sowing. Eventually, we have to pick that, and that's what it becomes. Bitterness, it's still a return, but it's without restoration, where forgiveness is the return with restoration. Um, you think investments for a moment. I know some, we have a, like, a few financial advisor people in our, in our church. You talk a language that most of us don't understand or know. Matthew Sandvig, Corey, many of you guys that, that know all this. Uh, but if you think in the terms of investment, okay, you put in a little bit at a time. And eventually, okay, compound interest, you know, at the end of your life, you should have enough to retire or live off of, you know, rather than social insecurity. And so you have all of this, hopefully you caught that, hopefully you have all that going on. When you don't forgive, you're losing interest, okay? And when you forgive, what's happening is you're actually making good on your investment strategy, okay? Next is this, forgiveness does not equal forgetting, Think about it for a moment. You might say, no, no, no. When I forgive, I forget. Well, then you're a better person than me because when I forgive somebody or I forgive a situation, I cannot forget about it. In fact, we see Steve saying, he goes back to this people group in the movie, The End of the Spirit, and he never forgets what happened, but he forgave. There's a difference. The world says, no, you forget. I tell you what, as much as I've looked at it, we are made in the image of God but we're not God. It's only God who can forget. In fact, actually that song that Tyler, the lead guitarist, wrote, Ocean Floor, for Audio Adrenaline, let me just read you part of it. This is how it goes. It says, the mistakes I've made that caused pain I could have done without, all my selfish thoughts, that's unforgiveness, all my pride, the things I hide, you have forgot about. Talking about God. They're all behind you. They'll never find you. They're on the ocean floor. Your sins are forgotten. They're on the bottom of the ocean floor. My misdeeds, all my greed, all the things that haunt me now, they're not a pretty sight to see, but they're wiped away by a mighty, mighty wave. They're all behind you. They'll never find you. They're on the ocean floor. Now, praise God that he forgives us our sins because of what Christ did on the cross. They're on the ocean floor. They're thousands and thousands of feet buried. They're gone. He doesn't remember them anymore. God can forget. For whatever reason, I believe it's to draw us closer to him. You and I cannot. We can't forget. We remember. Why? Because it should draw us onto Christ. Forgiveness, the next is this. It gives you and others a clean slate. Doesn't it? I think so. Allow God to work in your heart and theirs also. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. Okay? And, and forgiveness, it's not forgetting, but it's giving that clean slate for God to do what He needs to do. Okay, what happens is when we don't forgive, what we're literally saying is, I'm not giving up my rights. Where forgiveness is, I'm giving up my rights, okay? And really, the rights are simply perceived, and it's the right to judge. 
you not forgiving someone is basically saying, I'm God. That's what we're doing. So, when we don't forgive, we're also saying, God, I know justice better than you might know it. Here's the deal. When we choose not to forgive, we stop receiving the blessing of God. Okay? We lose that on freedom, and what happens is we can become a whole bunch of ugly things. We can become prideful, angry, resentful, bitter, vengeful, hostile, judgmental, lonely, fearful, joyless, defensive, exhausted, blaming, irrational, violent, manipulative, non-communicative, self-destructive, indifferent to advice, emotionally dead, untrusting, self-absorbed, negative, cynical, self-righteous, stubborn, hopeless, spiritually bankrupt, all of these things. And so when we forgive, we're saying, God, I'm I'm choosing not to judge myself or the other person. I'm going to let you do it. You're better at it than I am, way better. And so I'm going to entrust you to do it. We give that clean slate. The last is this. Forgiveness gives God control. Now let me say this. Forgiveness gives God control, but did we ever have control in the first place? It's perceived, I believe. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15 says, it's one of the scariest verses in all the Bible to me. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will do what? Also forgive you. Is the opposite true there? Is the opposite true? But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sin. That's a real tough verse to swallow. It's a real tough verse. But let me say this, as gently and as humbly as I can. I'm not perfect here. Preaching to myself today as well. But if you are claiming you are a Christian, then forgiveness is not optional. If you're claiming you're a Christian, it's not. If you're not ready to make that claim, then sure, it can be. But Christianity doesn't allow for forgiveness to be option. And if you're not willing to forgive, then Christianity is not for you. Tough verse. Tough. At one point in this movie, Steve Saint is confronted with an opportunity to forgive or to choose revenge. And I haven't showed you any clips of it yet because I want you to see this one right here. So go ahead, Isaac, bring the lights down and put your eyes to the screen for a moment. What happened? The Baba Badasio. Você se vai tirar vacina. 
father lost his life at the end of his spear. You can stop it there. And it was at the Excuse me, come on up here in a moment. Powerful. Really powerful. That entire tribe, the Iranian tribe, every single one of them gave their life to Christ. The entire tribe. The entire tribe. From the story of Jim Elliot back in the 50s to this day, thousands upon thousands of missionaries have said yes to Jesus to go and to be a witness worldwide. So it's incredible. I'll show you one last thing here. Directing you, it's ready to play. Show that last picture, Isaac, would you? 
This is them in real life. This is the man who killed his father, Nate Saint. This is Steve Saint. This is them hanging out. To this day, they're friends. That is forgiveness. You see, when we need to choose to forgive the inexcusable, no missionary, no Christian influence had ever set foot on the wiped away by a mighty, mighty wave. They're all behind you. This has been a podcast of the Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.